You are listening to a Commonwealth Bank of Australia Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. This podcast provides general market-related information and is not intended to be an investment research report. The information contained in this podcast is based on previously published material. And before listening, you're advised to read the full Global Economic and Markets Research Disclaimers, which can be found at combankresearch.com.au. Welcome to the Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. My name is Belinda Allen and I'm a Senior Economist here at ComBank and today I'm joined over the phone, of course, by Gareth Ed, our Head of Australian Economics. Gareth, good to have you on today. Yeah, g'day Belinda, how are you going? Oh, look, it's um, an interesting time we're all living in at the moment, as I'm sure uh, all our listeners are fully aware. So Gareth and I obviously both in Sydney And that is really, I guess, the context for our podcast today. We're going to be talking about the impact of the Greater Sydney lockdown and those other lockdowns we have seen in other states on the outlook for the Australian economy. Now, regular listeners of our podcast has probably heard you and I have a number of chats in recent months just about our sheer optimism over the economic outlook here in Australia. We're obviously very upbeat about how the Australian economy was evolving in 2021 and the outlook for 2022. But that probably, obviously, was interrupted by the COVID-19 outbreak in Greater Sydney. And I think mainly because it was the Delta variant. Obviously, a lot more contagious. We went into a lockdown initially close to five weeks ago. We obviously heard from the New South Wales Premier this morning that we'll be in lockdown for another four weeks. So as a result, we've had to have a good look at our economic outlook, both from a GDP perspective as well as a labour market perspective, but also what it means for the RBA. So, Gareth, today you and I are going to have a bit of a chat about the impacts of the lockdown. Any initial thoughts or thinking or how you went about looking at the new numbers? Yep, look, so you're right. We we had been uh, very optimistic on the economy and that was clearly has been the right place to be Mm. (coughs) up until quite recently. And our optimism was always conditional on uh, ongoing systems successful management of COVID and not seeing any kind of reimposition of restrictions that were going to last for any significant period of time. But what we've learned over the last few weeks is that um, COVID-19 has become a real problem uh, here in, in Sydney. And the direction that the cases have been taking more recently and the policy response to government uh, in terms of managing the virus leads us to conclude that restrictions are going to be imposed uh, for quite a period of time. Uh, you know, we've already been in lockdown for five weeks. The government announced today they expect um, the lockdown to go on for another four weeks. Now, based on the trajectory of cases at the moment, uh, we think it'll be extended beyond that. And so we've had to make some really significant uh, revisions to our near-term economic forecasts. Um, you know, the New South Wales economy is incredibly important very to the large. Australian economy. Yeah. Very large. Uh, lots of people working here and lots of people are going to be impacted uh, by the lockdown. I mean, they've already been impacted to date, mm. uh, but the longer this goes on, of course, the, the bigger the hit to the economy. And so we think we're looking at a contraction in GDP now, Q3, of 2.7%, which is a very, very big contraction. Um, you know, I, I think it's one of the, the, the more pessimistic forecasts out there, but really we're just sort of recognising um, how... how much of an impact these lockdowns have on the economy. And at the end of the day, you know, if you tell households to to stay at home and businesses uh, not to to open and sell particularly services, then you get a big hit to production. 
So, you know, we think we're looking at a very big contraction in Q3. Uh, we should get a, a good rebound in Q4 when the New South Wales economy reopens. Uh, but overall, um, we're going to, the economy is going to hit a, a, a pretty poor patch now for about the next six months. And, um, you know, that, that's going to, that's really kind of derails the momentum we had leading into this. And, um, you know, it sees us probably end the year, um, in, in a far, uh, in a place where we didn't sort of think we'd be sort of four to six weeks ago. No, it has uh, hit, obviously, the New South Wales economy particularly hard, particularly Greater Sydney, and as you point out, a, a large share of the economy, it's around 25% of Australia's economy, um, is derived from Greater Sydney, so that's why the numbers are so large. We've already seen a large impact on CBA card spend data from New South Wales, in particular Greater Sydney, where spending is well below levels last seen in 2019 for the same week. So that is really, I think, you know, driving the severity of the restrictions that have been put in place. What about the labour market? You know, one of the interesting things we saw in the lockdown in 2020 is the unemployment rate didn't lift anywhere near as initial expectations. We did see a lot of people drop out of the labour force uh, as a result. How will the labour market be impacted over coming months? So I think we'll see a similar dynamic again. I mean, unfortunately, uh, a lot of people are going to be stood down and that's just the natural natural consequence of businesses not being able to open. Uh, so you see a lot of casual workers in particular stood down and if we have a look at what happened in Greater Sydney uh, in, over April, April and May last year, it's a, it's a good starting point uh, when thinking about what might happen this time around. We saw that um, employment uh, just in Greater Sydney alone contracted by around 200,000. Mm. And that was at a time uh, when we had JobKeeper, uh, which you know, kept that link a little bit tighter between a, a worker and their employer. Now, we don't have that this time around. We've, got, we've still got plenty of stimulus, uh, but that kind of relationship between a worker and their employer uh, looks like it won't be as tight this time around. Mm. So when also then um, adding on the fact that it's not just going to be Greater Sydney that's impacted, uh, there will be spillover to the rest of New South Wales. Uh, we think employment in New South Wales uh, could contract by around 300,000. Yeah. Uh, now that's a, that's a very, very big hit to the labour market. It's worth sort of keeping in mind that you know the vast majority of these workers will return to work when the when restrictions are eased and the lockdowns over, uh, but but in the near term it means you've got a, a huge chunk of the workforce that's stood down. Uh, that will show up in the labour force figures. Probably the August employment report mm. is going to be the one that best captures what's happened. Um, and a lot of those workers, the vast majority of them, won't actually be out there looking for another job because they will know that um, there just simply isn't a role for them. Um, because we're in a lockdown. And so what you see is a much more increase in the number of people um, who are considered unemployed, and therefore the, the, the unemployment rate uh, will step up, but it won't rise by as much as you'd think um, would happen if you, if you get a fall of employment around 300,000. So we think the unemployment rate will peak a little bit over 5.5% in October. Uh, the part rate will fall a lot, and that will cushion the blow. Uh, yeah, optically anyway, and then um, uh, as we as we sort of push through Q4, the unemployment rate should come back down. Job losses that we get initially will not be permanent job losses. Uh, they will simply be uh, workers that um, are stood down because a business is. Um, but you know, you're going to get a huge hit to hours work, to the level of recorded employment, and of course that that flows through to what ends up coming out in terms of production. 
Now, the rollout of the vaccine is obviously a really important underlying assumption for how the economy is going to evolve over coming months. We've had, obviously, a slightly slower than expected rollout to date. How do you feed those that rollout and expected supply into those numbers? Yeah, so that's, that's become a really critical um, underpinning assumption of our forecast. Um, and, and this is where you know, we, we could be proven wrong here, but we think that there's only a few sort of scenarios up for grabs at the moment. Um, one is that COVID cases end up drifting down towards zero daily new COVID cases. And at some point, the economy here in New South Wales and Greater Sydney can reopen uh, with a full easing of restrictions before the vaccines mm. rolled out. Um, now, that would be a, a good outcome. Um, but our working assumption at the moment, or the central scenario, if you like, is that we don't actually get to that stage because there's just too many cases of COVID out there to get it back down towards zero. And therefore, we're looking at uh, restrictions imposed to some degree until the vaccine has been rolled out such that uh, we hit a threshold of the proportion of the population vaccinated that, that means that the government is confident that they can reopen. Well, we're not sure what that figure it is, but we think it could be around 80% mm. just based on you know, a few sound bites coming out of government and, and the experts. And we don't think we get there until sort of late October, um, early November. So as kind of depressing as that sounds, um, we're kind of in our forecast now thinking that that kind of worst case that we have to wait until then is quickly becoming the base case. Um, and we'd need to see COVID cases come right down for us to shift the view there. So what that means is um, you, you're not going to get a snap back in activity uh, as, as soon as we hit the fourth quarter, um, but rather you know, restrictions will carry on and through probably until midway through the fourth quarter, and then you'll get a partial rebound. So it's kind of disappointing to, if you like, be talking about the economy from this perspective, mm. but it's sort of the most realistic outcome we think at the moment um, based on where we are and what we're increasingly learning about the Delta strain, yeah. which is it's far more contagious and very hard to contain. And it's probably worth adding too that the government actually eased restrictions today by announcing that construction workers, yeah. uh, construction work can return from next week. And if anything, that, that would make it less likely then to be able to hit zero. So you know, the government hasn't explicitly abandoned that objective of trying to get zero, but we think it's going to be very, very hard to actually achieve. So that, that um, more optimistic um, outcome is not part of our central scenario now. It's interesting, you know, as you say, a lot of the uncertainty around the outlook is around the Delta variant and how we may have to live with it and what restrictions may have to be in place until we have that those inoculation rates a little bit higher. Uh one of the things, though, that hasn't really changed so far is the outlook for 2022. There are still a number of factors at play that should see 2022 to be a very strong year for the Australian economy. We have very expansionary fiscal and monetary policy. The international border will remain closed, which means labour supply remains tight. Has your outlook changed for next year based on what we see evolving over the next few months? No, the, the, the only thing that really changes, well, there's, there's two things I would say. Um, the starting point for the economy changes. So um, it's not going to be roaring on all cylinders heading into next year. Um, we'll be coming from, from a sort of standing start, if you like, in New South Wales. Um, and the other thing, though, is that household savings are going to um, accumulate further uh, while we're in lockdown. So in a lot of ways, when we think about next year, the starting point's not as good, but mm. the 
amount of savings that the household sector will be sitting on, which will provide a lot of fuel for the economy, has actually grown. So we're still very optimistic mm. uh, for next year. Again, we'll put a caveat in here, and, and our optimism is kind of predicated on the, the vaccine being successful in a way that means we never go through lockdowns yeah. again and that restrictions on domestic activity are very, very minimal. Um, I mean, we don't know when the international borders reopen, but what we saw in, Q, in in the first half of this year is that if you don't have many restrictions on domestic activity, but you've got all this stimulus in there, the economy will do very well. So I think you know, that's that's definitely the right place, right, right mindset to have for next year. In a, in a lot of ways, we're both pessimistic and optimistic simultaneously, but mm. we're kind of just a bit concerned about the very near term and think the hit's going to be very significant. But if we sort of project uh, sort of six months down the line, we can see the economy is going to do very, very well. Uh, and I think households and businesses are going to um, feel sort of euphoric around COVID being a thing of the past. Uh, animal spirits will return. There'll be a lot of pent-up demand there. I mean, households will have gone through a long period of time of just not being able to get out and about there and consuming on services like they normally would have. And I, I think spending is going to really accelerate through next year. Uh, but we've got to go through this uh, pain at the moment. Uh, the government is going to cushion that as much as they can through providing mm. more support. Um, and they seem very just, willing just, to do so as well. They seem very willing to do it. And I think that's because they recognise it is the right policy yeah. right now. Um, if you end up doing too much, so be it. It's better to do too much than not enough. And what you do is you give the economy a really good chance then of um, springboarding out, out of this very quickly. Uh, you've just got to protect businesses and households through this process. So you know, we just heard uh, not long before re recording this that yep. um, the federal government's putting some more money in, uh, which we flagged in the note this morning. We, we thought they would do. Um, and we're, we're going to get through this. It's just that... Um, the economic outcomes and the economic data over the next couple of months is going to look pretty poor. We certainly will pay very close attention to all that high-frequency data over the next few months. What does it mean for the RBA? We, we had quite an aggressive rate hike call for the RBA. Uh, it looks to be more in jeopardy just given the downturn the economy will go through over coming months. Have you had to make any changes there? Look, we have. I mean, our, our call... Uh, and just to remind listeners, up until this point, we thought that the Reserve Bank would raise the cash rate uh, in November of next year. That looked very hawkish compared to a lot of other commentators, but it was pretty much in line with market pricing um, only four weeks ago, uh, where, the, where the market was pricing in, in, in rate hikes. And I think it was the right call to have based on how quickly the labour market was tightening and how that was going to trans, uh, translate through to higher wages and in time higher inflation. But What's happened now is we've had a, a very big setback and it's going to kind of push everything back um, probably by around six months. You know, you've got sort of three or four months of contraction, three months, three, four months of healing, and then you sort of pick up where you left off. So but we've just taken that on board mm. when thinking about the Reserve Bank call. We've shifted out that timing for the first hike in the cash rate from November of next year through to May of 2023. Kept the profile very similar, which is um, basically um, rate hikes, uh, sort of one a quarter once you get to that initial kind of 0.5% that uh, get you to a neutral rate of around one and three quarter percent by early 2024. Um, the thinking really behind it is that the, the shock here we've got in New South Wales is going to mean that it takes that little bit longer for, for wages pressures to come mm. through, a little bit longer to hit full employment. 
And so naturally, we, uh, we, we, we adjust the cash rate call accordingly. I would say, though, that the risk to that um, May 2023 hike are pretty evenly balanced. Um, I think you can still make a case that the economy could be really roaring next year in such a way that sees you know, the RBA come back into play uh, before that May 2023 date. Equally, though, um, we don't really know what international reopening of the international borders look like. And if labour market supply was to ramp up too quickly, it might make it harder for those wages pressures to, to fully materialise. So I think the risks are, are, are fairly balanced there, um, but we've We've really just pushed out that call to reflect uh, what we think is going to happen now to the economy over the next six months. And we've also had to uh, reverse the taper decision that the RBA announced just at its July meeting, which doesn't seem that long ago. So we now don't think the RBA will taper its bond purchases uh, as they had flagged uh, in September. Yeah, look, that, that's right. Um in a lot of ways, whether the RBA is buying $5 billion worth of bonds, uh, as they currently are, they're buying $4 <laughs> billion, which is what the taper was, it's yep. not going to change the trajectory of the economy. I mean, buying a few extra bonds cannot get people back into work right now due to the lockdown. But optically, I mm. don't really think it looks right to be tapering at a time when the economy is contracting. Uh, equally, I don't think they need to go beyond that $5 billion because then it's sort of... Um, I guess it doesn't, it's not going to really do a lot. And then suddenly you're kind of using this QE program as sort of dialing up or down very quickly based on um, changes to the economy over a short period of time. Yeah. And I don't think that's sort of the intention of the bond buying program. So they'll probably just keep it at $5 billion a month, uh, not taper it in November either. Just keep that going through to February. By that point in time, the data will improve. Hopefully the vaccine works. We're fully reopened. The economic outlooks uh, becomes very good and then the RBA tapers a little bit more aggressively uh, to reflect that from there. There's still a way out right now. We've got a, a fair bit to get through between now and then, but um, we've obviously made some adjustments to our calls on, on quantitative easing to reflect what's going on in the economy right now. Well, all we can hope is that 2020 picture that we spoke about where we can all go out and live our life freely and go on a holiday uh, it comes to fruition. Gareth, great to have your insights. Nice to have a chat. Now, you can read Gareth Ed's report on the new economic forecast and the impact of uh, the Greater Sydney lockdown on combankresearch.com.au and that report was published on the 28th of July, 2021.